It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Hello, hello, hello. It's a Friday. Made it through another week. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Welcome to The Inner Life, our program dedicated to spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. So, I, I'm sure you would agree, don't you hate getting sick? You know, little, little bugs, cold or flu bugs. There are some of those that aren't too horrible, but then there are other times where you get something that completely knocked you out. And at some point, we all get sick when we have plans. One of my daughters, her name is Eden, and today is actually her birthday. She turns 10, but she was sick a few weeks ago for Halloween. She was coughing. She was running a fever. So she had to miss trick-or-treating. And you would think if you would have talked to her the day before or the day of Halloween, you would have thought that the world was about to end for her. You know, she just was miserable at the thought of being sick and not being able to go out trick-or-treating. She still ate plenty of candy in the next few days, but for her, it was the worst time that she could possibly get sick. A few years ago, uh, let's see, would have been four years ago, back when she was in kindergarten, Eden, she ended up getting sick on Christmas Day. She's not had a very good run for as, as young as she is. She came down that morning, and all her siblings are there waiting, wanting to open presents. You know, we wait for everyone to show up, and, and then we open presents together with everybody to, in the living room. She just kind of laid there on the floor of our living room. And all her other siblings, they're opening presents. She opened maybe one or two, and that was it. And when you have a five-year-old lying on the floor not interested in opening Christmas presents, it's a pretty telltale sign. They are really sick. And so we asked her, do you want to go back up to your room? Do you want to lie down? Yeah, I do. (laughs) So again, sick at just what seemed like the worst time. But uh, of course, that doesn't just happen to children. Throughout this year, 2022, I have had this kind of bizarre, this weird experience with sickness, with colds, flu bugs, other things. Almost any vacation time that I've taken, I've gotten sick. Outside of, uh, I did take some time off around the 4th of July, but almost any other time I've gotten sick. One time I had to go into urgent care. There was another time where I got some sort of a flu bug, almost lost my voice for a couple of days. I caught COVID when I took some time off around Labor Day. And it's made me kind of nervous to schedule and take any more vacation time here for the remainder of this year. It's like, okay, I'm just going to be scheduling my next illness as soon as I plan a few days away from work. Thankfully, none of these illnesses have been anything too serious for me or or for Eden. But, um, you know, there are, of course, plenty of life-threatening conditions or diseases out there that impact so many people every year. Maybe you're one of those people impacted by that. Here's a little bit of trivia for you. There are two main health issues, two categories of disease that account for nearly half, about 45% of all deaths in the U.S. Any guess as to what those are? 
First one, heart disease. That's probably not a surprise. That comes in at number one. And this is according to the CDC. Heart disease is the top cause of death, not only here in the U.S., but worldwide. And then the second cause uh, cause of death, again, probably not a surprise for you. Second cause of death here in the U.S., according to the CDC, is cancer. And I think probably all of us know someone who has died from cancer, you know, maybe a friend, a family member, somebody close to us. Uh, one kind of silver lining note here, though, I found it very encouraging to learn that because of advances in treatments for cancer, we've been making substantial progress. The death rate from all cancers in the U.S. over the last 30 years, it's dropped about 26% since 1991. One in four people that would have died in 1991, about 30 years ago, they are now able to survive. They get treatments that allow them to see their cancer go into remission or be completely cancer-free. So, you know, there are all kinds of people who have survived in spite of receiving some sort of terminal diagnosis. Many times it is that treatment. It allows them to receive that clean bill of health. There are other times, though, where someone receives a miracle, the cancer or whatever they're dealing with. It's suddenly, it's mysteriously gone or whatever was wrong with the body. It's been repaired with no medical explanation. And if you've prayed along with Drew Mariani on the Chaplet of Divine Mercy every afternoon at 3 o'clock here on Relevant Radio, or maybe in the evenings with Father Rocky during the the Family Rosary Across America, that's at 7 o'clock Central, you might have heard someone call in and share how they asked for prayer. And because those prayers were united with so many other thousands of people praying across the country, that intention, it was answered. They received that miracle. And honestly, I, I am amazed at how often—I shouldn't be. I should have more faith, you know? But I am amazed at how often I hear those callers share about the healings and the other answered prayers. Now, along with prayer, God has also provided a normal means by which we can ask for healing within the Church. And it's not just physical healing, but there's also a spiritual component to that, of course. In the Church, we would expect that, wouldn't we? It's one of the seven sacraments— it's the anointing of the sick. And today on The Inner Life, we want to spend this hour looking at that sacrament, what it is, what it does for us when we receive it, and when we should receive it, and helping us to take a look at the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Father Michael Hurley is back once again here on The Inner Life with us. Father Michael is a Dominican priest. He is the pastor of St. Dominic's Parish in San Francisco. Father Michael, welcome back. Always good to talk with you. Delighted to be uh, on the show, Josh, again. And uh, your little intro made me think there. Actually, I did a little, uh, just a little half-baked half, half research, but there is a statistical connection between uh, kind of taking time off and rates of illness <laughs> because they think your body kind of can undergo a lot of stress when you're kind of at your mind focused in there. And then when you kind of say, okay, I'm I'm kind of done, the body says, oh, thanks for giving me a break. Now I'm just going to let my immune system kind of... <laughs> right, your immune needs. system takes a vacation <laughs> at the same time. Exactly. So the key there is to plan a vacation with lots going, lots going on, so you don't give your immune system time to reset. So yeah. There's a little off pro tip. No, no. I, I just I, I chuckled at that because I that's been experienced, and I've seen that for sure in terms of health experience. Um, I know. Sure. Yeah. It's 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 kind of that Murphy's law thing. It seems yeah. like it. But well, uh, Father Michael, the anointing of the sick. You know, one yes. of the seven sacraments, as I mentioned, and. 
I, I always like to start out just in case there's somebody who doesn't really understand what a sacrament is, uh, identifying certain terminology that we used. So just to make sure we're on the same starting uh, point here, can you explain what a sacrament is? We'll go right to the Baltimore Catechism as is our one. Yep. So it's a, a sacrament is a sacred sign instituted by Christ in order to give grace. In other words, the humanity of Christ is that which connects us to God the Father. And so uh, the a sacrament is a, a, a blend of, of human material stuff <laughs> and through words and actions connects us to the humanity of Christ in which God promises and specifically Christ promises to always be there in a unique way in order to create something that hasn't existed before. So it's a moment of creation through physical means and words and rituals in order to bring God's life uh, alive in the world. And bringing that life to us, we call that receiving grace, actual grace that is conveyed to us. How does that happen when somebody is anointed, when, when they receive this sacrament, what does that mean for them in this particular case? Yeah, there's, there's a whole a kind of wealth of dimension, diversity of grace that's given in any sacrament. And the anointing of the sick is uh, no exception to that. Uh, and it gives grace, especially for that moment that gives, always gives a sense of healing, a sense of connection to the power of salvation that is through Christ's own suffering. It connects us to the wider body of the church and those who are also suffering in a sense with us and for us in the body of Christ. And finally, it has special graces for preparing us for the most important moment of our natural life, which is that moment of our passing from this life. So it gives a whole, and we can delve into any one of those, uh, any, any one of those aspects, but that's the particular sense of actual grace that's there. Well, it, yeah, it, maybe especially because this seems like it would be such an individual kind of reception of grace. You're talking about how it it allows us to be connected to the larger body. That might be the one that maybe we can explore a little bit. Um, how sure. how do we when when it's so directed towards some specific illness for one individual? How does that open up that we can be connected to the body of Christ in a, a bigger, better way? Yeah, no, that's it's an excellent question. Maybe just to take a little half step back. And in order to do that, to appreciate that, uh, it, since the sacrament has to do with illness, especially serious illness, to just recognize, as you talked about, causes of death, <laughs> death is a universal experience, <laughs> right? So already... Right, everyone is, with, <laughs> will experience it at some point, right? <laughs> everyone, everyone suffers, everyone hits ill, everyone's going to die. So it just in the fact of the reality, it's already, uh, if you will, a common shared, you know, kind of a destiny for us all. It has a universal connection. And it can, and that can, just that reality can turn us two ways. It can turn us into a feeling either like a, a kind of a victim. And so there, there's a way in which illness and serious illness can harden our hearts, can make us less receptive to others and particularly to God. Or, and this is where the grace of the sacrament comes in and that universality and that connectivity, it can, in that moment, even in great suffering and pain, open our hearts to the relationality of others, to recognize that we're fragile, frail, human beings. We need others. I mean, I, you, you talk, you know, talking about your, your, your daughter in that moment, she knows she needs, you know, mama's, you know, chicken soup and, and some, and some vitamins mm -hmm. and so, you know, a little rest. So you, you need others, you rely on others, but then ultimately 
where our bodies are, are not living forever, just even con constitutionally. We, we need God. We need a source of life which goes beyond that. And so I think here at the Psalm, Psalm 90, which uh, we chant in it, it's so funny because it was true when it was written hundreds of years before Christ, and it's still true today. It says in Psalm 90, it says, you know, our life is over like a sigh, 70 years or 80 for those who are strong. <laughs> and you're like, wow, I wonder what the life expectancy is, you know, modern day. And that's exactly where it is. It's between 70 and 80 years old, a little bit more for usually a four or five year difference for women than men. But people think, oh, we've made such advances in life expectancy. We really haven't. What we've done is throughout the centuries gotten better at being able to heal and have medical advances around uh, birth and around young age. But once, once you're born, once you get to at least two or three years old, life expectancy has not changed for hundreds of years. And why is that? Because the human body <laughs> is just meant to live basically this long. So to kind of wrap this whole up, this, the step back is to say that the experience of suffering and death of illness of death itself is pretty standard built into our DNA. There's, there's, no, there's no way to kind of extend that in an exponential way. Uh, and so we're, we're all kind of in the same boat. And so the grace of the sacrament looks to connect us at that level with something beyond ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's so far so good in terms yeah. of the, kind of the, that sense of just the natural connection we have and death. Now we want to add, if you will, the ritual or the symbolic aspect of it. And this is where I look to, always look to how we worship. Because how we pray tells us what we believe. And the origins of this holy oil, the oil of the sick, uh, are blessed at a particular mass that happens once a year in every diocese called the Chrism Mass. And there are three oils that are blessed and consecrated at this mass. And one of them is the oil of the sick. And what normally happens liturgically, you know, there'll be someone who processes up with a, with a, a substantial a receptacle of oil. And it, it's chanted here, receive now the, the oil of the sick, which is meant to do what? To give healing, to give a sense of connection with the suffering, the salvation of the body of Christ, and prepare us for that final moment of, of, of judgment, of death, of, of facing our Savior face to face. And so it's blessed, the, the bishop will bless it, and you know, with all those who are there, it can celebrate in that moment. And then from that oil, that one oil, so it's a, in one receptacle, it's divvied out, it's kind of apportioned out to every one of the local churches. And what I like to tell folks, if it's, if it's appropriate for the situation when I'm anointing, as I say, this oil right here, <laughs> it literally <laughs> was part of one receptacle, one moment of blessing that everyone in this local church is going to be blessed with this year, just for this year. Everyone who's sick and suffering, who's receiving that, in a sense, you're connected to them mm. through this particular oil that was blessed at a particular moment when recognizing that moment when Christ gives us the Eucharist and it's a, you know, the high-powered, you know, sacramental moment connecting us with his death, if you will. And so when you are anointed with this particular oil, it's like you're, um, it's like you're zooming in or connecting with that last supper moment, that's that, that moment when Christ is, is, is intending to give his life for us, and your suffering doesn't have to be in vain. You're connected with Joe and Betty Ann who are suffering over here, who are united to Christ. You're connected to those who have gone before you who are suffering. You're connected, obviously, most ultimately to Christ and his love. And so to see your suffering, this pain, this loss, this struggle, as an expression of love for Christ, which has the power of salvation.
Mm, that's beautiful. Again, talking with Father Michael Hurley here on The Inner Life today. He is the pastor of St. Dominic's Parish in San Francisco, talking about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And when have you received that sacrament? What was your experience and how did it help you as you were facing, or maybe you're still in the midst of facing a serious illness or some other condition? Maybe it was somebody that you love, you know, your parents, a grandparent, a brother or a sister who received the anointing of the sick. And how did you see that grace received in that sacrament help them through their illness? Maybe you have a question about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. You're welcome to call us and join the program. Our phone number here, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Father, I love how you talk about that it really transports us back for that moment of the Last Supper, you know, on Holy Thursday, because that, all of a sudden, instead of, again, just looking at a physical healing, what's the most we can be healed spiritually? Well, it's through the salvation of our soul through Christ. And what does he do? He gives us his body, his blood, his soul, his divinity there in the Last Supper. I I had never really given much thought to that, but that's such a beautiful idea that we are all kind of interconnected there back to Christ as he's looking at how he will save all of humanity. So he can save us phys- physically, of course, but more importantly, save us spiritually. Absolutely. And that, and that, of course, is the ultimate goal. Even I, you just point a little bit different kind of uh, scripture and perspective here is, you know, he ra- before, before the Last Supper, he raises his good friend Lazarus from the dead. Mm-hmm. He makes that, he, he works that wonderful miracle, that, that uh, cure, that, that bring him back to life. But the fact of the matter is Lazarus still dies at the end of the, at the end of his day, right? And so the goal isn't necessarily unending human life on earth. We are made in this world, but not for this world, right? And so the sacrament of anointing helps us to recognize, and that's the kind of, if you will, the most particular and specific grace of the four I mentioned, is that it helps us to kind of come to terms with the fact that no matter if we live, you know, to be four or 40, or even should we, you know, live to 400, <laughs> it's like it's like a snap of the fingers, right? It's, it's, it's really not that long. You can, can, you know, compare it to, you know, the longevity of the ages. And our destiny is to be in this world, to connect ourselves with Christ. And there's no more powerful way to connect to Christ than through his suffering, because suffering is what saved the world. And so if we are, and I know this is, if anyone who is in dire suffering, I don't mean to minimize the actual pain and the trauma and the loss, but as, as, uh, as many have said, the angels are a little jealous of us. Why? Because we get to suffer. <laughs> angels don't suffer. Human beings can suffer, and it puts us in connection with God, the God-man who suffered in a way that brings us to intimacy that no other creature has the ability to do, Right. Um, which is just really just a powerful thought. Sure. Well, and then we have a better understanding in that context of how St. Paul can write, I rejoice in my yes. sufferings, you yes. know, that we have yes. this ability to look at sufferings and that it actually brings us joy. We can find peace if, even when yeah. we would think, how, how in the world could you ever find peace or rejoice in what seems like a horrible situation there? Um, yeah. Father, when we come back, you, you know, you, you talked about that there is the, the stuff of this world that is used in the sacrament. There are the words that are used, the, the two things that we call matter and form, 
the the material and the words that make the form. Um, you talked about the oil. Let's, when we come back, talk about the words that are spoken in the sacrament, that form. And also, you know, some of the, the very obvious questions coming up, when should we receive the sacrament? Again, talking with Father Michael Hurley here on The Inner Life, welcoming your phone calls as we talk about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Maybe you've experienced that. How was that a comfort for yourself? How did, how did it allow you, as we were just talking about, being able to experience that peace, being able to rejoice, even when you are in the face of suffering? Or maybe you saw that in someone you loved that received that sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Our phone number here, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Stay with us. We'll be right back here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, speaking today with Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest, pastor of St. Dominic's Parish in San Francisco, and inviting you to call in with your questions or your experience regarding the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. How have you experienced that peace, that comfort, the grace that is given through the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, or again, maybe you have a question, and you're welcome to call in and speak with Father Michael, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. I'd also encourage you, uh, say a prayer for the people who are right now dealing with the massive amounts of snow hitting around the Buffalo area, the northeastern U.S., um, many feet uh, of snow and it looks like it's just going to keep coming here um, through parts of this early, this this late part of this week and into early next week. So let's just keep them in prayer uh, as the best as uh, we can. Hopefully there's no loss of human life out there with such a, a massive amount of snow we're going to be seeing coming out there. Snow, probably not much you have to deal with, Father, in uh, San Francisco there. I has. In your time living in that area, has it ever snowed in San Francisco? I can't think of a, a, a kind of a like what, what, what anyone from <laughs> the Midwest or East Coast would actually call snow, but we've had we've had some some hail that's been actually pretty has broken windows and things like that. So we've had we've had prodigious hail, and then you might say kind of a light dusting. I remember probably about okay. maybe twenty or thirty years ago, light dusting, but nothing, nothing. We have earthquakes. Yep, that's that's <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's enough sometimes. Yeah, yeah, that's just, enough exactly. Uh-huh. Well, so Father, before uh, we went to the break, wanted to talk. About about the matter and the form, the physical substance that is used, and you talked about that, the oil the, that is received at the Chrism Mass there during Holy Week, and then we also have the form, the words that are spoken in the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. So what is spoken, what is prayed during this sacrament? Yeah, so the, in terms of the kind of, if you will, there's a, a certainly for any sacrament, a kind of liturgy around it, uh, which has, you know, different prayers. But the heart of the sacramental formula is 
directly from scripture. So like the words of institution uh, or the words which the last words of Jesus, you know, baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We literally quote the scripture in St. James, which actually asks, it's, it's kind of fun because it asks it as a, a kind of question. So the words are, are there any sick among you? So, you know, question mark, <laughs> let them call for the priests of the church and let the priests lay hands on them, pray over them, and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save that person. And if they've committed any sins, their sins will be forgiven them. So it's almost like, you know, period, end quote. So the, the words there that kind of, you kind of set up the sacrament are literally from the scripture and they're almost like a to-do manual, which I, which I really think is, is great. It's like this was really, it shows that this was really happening in the early church. James is saying, you want to know how, what, what you should do if you're ill? Call for the priest, have them lay hands. So there's a, that's what we do. We lay hands in the silent moment of, of blessing, calling down the spirit, and then to anoint with oil and the prayer of the faith. So the, asking for that prayers there will save that person. They've committed any sins, their sins will be forgiven them. And then the, the priest will take oil and will anoint the forehead and then the palms of the hands or other places uh, that need healing and say, through this holy anointing, may the Lord in his love and mercy help you with the grace of the Holy Spirit. And then on the hands, may the Lord who frees you from sin, may he save you and may he raise you up. So those are the words. So, and then, you know, you're talking about a priest being the minister of the sacrament. Is that the only, is a deacon able ever to anoint someone or is it reserved specifically for a priest or, you know, then of course a bishop as well? Yeah, so it's it's specifically reserved for a priest, and we think, why why is that? And it's because, as in everything in the sacramental life, we simply do what Christ has taught us to do. So even with, and I don't mean to get into uh, perhaps controversial territory here, but when people say, well, why couldn't you know like women be priests? And the the, the very clear answer to that is because we can only do what Jesus did, and He ordained, if you will, or called into that moment the 12 apostles, those 12 men. So we can only do what Jesus did. So in James, he makes it very clear, those who are called are not, because they had they had deacons in, the, in that time, but let them call for the priests of the church, the presbyters. So if you're a presbyter or, uh, you know, a, a bishop, you know, those are the ones who are, are the only ones who are able to give the sacrament. Why? Not because we're making it up, but that's exactly what James says. And so the only thing, see, in the sacraments, it's a promise of God's presence can God heal outside of the sacrament? In other words, if a deacon came and prayed and did blessings, would that could that communicate God's healing? Absolutely. But the only guarantee we have from the scriptures that the sacrament is a divine guarantee is when we do what Jesus did, instituted by what he did and his community. And so James says, call for the priests of the church. So that's what we do. Right, right. Yeah, God is not limited Yes, absolutely by, not. Yeah. by the structures that he's put in place for us. Absolutely. absolutely. But he's given us those structures for a reason. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so we do well to follow them and not to kind of be making it up on our own. So God's not limited by it, but he always works through it. So that's what we're called to work through. All right. Uh, I want to get to the phones here in just a moment. But the, the big question, I think, is typically... When should I receive this sacrament? Yeah. You know, what what are the circumstances by which I can kind of look at and say, is this something serious enough? You know, if I just have the sniffles, I probably shouldn't yeah. be receiving this sacrament. What kind gotcha. of gravity does an illness or a condition require that I'm able to receive this? And then how often can I receive the sacrament? Yes. 
Yeah. So in terms of gravity, you're, you're right on in terms of gravity. It's a, the, um, the rubrics of church and any all instruction says it's not like you say for the sniffles. You wouldn't, you know, if, if, if your daughter has kind of got the flu, not necessarily, it's certainly not uh, time to do the anointing of the sick necessarily, but anytime there's any serious illness and the, the, it, it further says not just serious illness, but even uh, things like old age. In other words, if you come to a, a, the fragility of life where, where the, you know, that you could meet the Lord at any time, once again, very appropriate to be anointed. Is, as I said earlier, 70 are those who are, or 80 for those who are strong. Anytime you get in that area of life, to be anointed, uh, you know, is, is not inappropriate. So basically, either in terms of a condition of life, which is kind of serious, or age of life, which is where we're kind of maybe um, at, a, at a certain, the, the wisdom of years that is uh, tending towards uh, eternal life, come receive the sacrament. And can you receive it more than once? Absolutely. Unlike the sacraments of initiation, which are only done uh, once in terms of like confirmation, uh, baptism and confirmation, uh, sacraments that can be given any time, especially if there's a worsening of the condition or, you know, a time has passed. So maybe, you know, you've got like a month, you know, especially anointing folks perhaps uh, that are in perhaps a convalescent home or in some place of convalescence, you can be anointed. I would just say just in terms of it's almost like confession where, you know, it, every four to six weeks, if there's if there's stability in the health condition, you can be anointed again and again because you need that grace again and again to unite yourself in this, in your suffering with Christ's sufferings. Very good. All right. Well, again, if you'd like to call in and ask a question about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick, you're welcome to speak with Father Michael Hurley, 888-914-9149. We'd also love to hear how you have experienced this sacrament in your own life. Maybe it has been you, and you were going through some sort of serious illness or some some sort of condition where you received this. Maybe you're still going through that, and you would love to share and encourage others about how this has helped you, the sacrament, how it's been able to give you that peace, uh, that, that ability to cope with that illness. Um, that you just wouldn't have been able to do on your own without that grace given by Christ. Maybe you saw that in your parents or your grandparents as they received the anointing of the sick. We'd love to hear your story, 888-914-9149. Father, we've got Susan who's calling in from Austin, Texas. Hi, Susan. Welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, and thank you. I'm surprised I even got through, but thank you. Hi, Father Michael. Good morning, Susan. Yes, I just wanted to share this this inner peace, this great peace that when I got anointed with the sick, uh, I, um, I was a donor for my daughter who had a, a kidney disease, and she needed a kidney. So of course, being a mother, I I and and I was and and I was going to church and getting a blessing from all the priests I thought I could. <laughs> And when one of the the last time that I needed to go for the my last, you know, before I had to go to uh, the day before for surgery, uh, I went to mass and uh, and Father Bill, uh, who is now Bishop, Father uh, Bishop Bill from uh, Pensacola, and so I feel mm-hmm. really blessed that. And I just asked for a blessing, and he said, "Wait here." He came back, and I was surprised because he anointed me with with the oils, mm-hmm. and. And that was the time that I felt the, the just strong inner peace. I mean, a peace that like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, and and then my daughter too. My daughter felt that inner peace. We we felt it. 
I knew that if anything was going to happen, I was going to go happy because I was going to leave her something that hopefully was going to last for her to be with her kids, my grandkids. And uh, again, I just want to share that with other people that mm. it's not just with sickness, but it's it's something yeah. that, you know, if you get anxiety and you're, you know, you're worried and this is going to happen. No, it was it was just this inner peace that I knew God was with us and he was taking care of us. And we're great. It's already five years. And um, also, it received that peace because I just lost my mom in July. And they gave her also the anointing of the sick. And everybody that was there received that peace. And it's, it is. You can't explain it. It's just this strong inner peace that God is with you. And Beautiful. Thank, thanks for sharing that, Susan. You're, you're so right. It's, it's both um, for physical illness... But it's not just for those who are at perhaps at the point of death, right? It's, it's larger than that. Any kind of serious kind of um, even emotional or psychological, anything that keeps us from receiving the fullness of God's presence in our, in our lives. So I'm, so I'm so excited that you were able to experience that peace through the sacrament. And, and, uh, and God bless you. Uh, Father, we've got Yvonne who is calling in from California. Yvonne, welcome to The Inner Life. What's your question? Uh, good morning, and thank you for taking my phone call. Um, uh, Father Mike, uh, the previous caller almost answered my question, or you answered my oh, question. Yes. It's, uh, in our parish, every three months, we have a healing mass, and the whole congregation is encouraged to receive um, the, the oils. And I always wonder if it's okay for me to get up. Um, I mean, we all have a little sickness here and there, but I wasn't sure if I'm uh, entitled to receive the oils if I'm not as sick as other, as other people. Yeah, no, that's Yvonne, I'm so not? yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question. So it's kind of like a both and. So in other words, it's not simply for the point of of death, but it, it does have to be for something. Uh, there has to be some kind of um, of uh, of blockage or, or or illness or lack that's there. It can't just. It's not just like um, in a sense, just you're doing it just kind of like you're blessing yourself with holy water. The sacrament is particularly for some kind of infirmity. So, but that's that's a broad range of kinds of things. So I, for example, I mean, Susan, just talking about the death of a loved one that's experienced great loss and turmoil and anxiety and fear that's keeping her from, you know, just being able to pray. Um, I'll give you another example uh, where there's example uh, where we have just a sense of um, real bitterness in our heart. We can't forgive. There's been something where that just we can't get over. We can't forgive. And so the anointing of the sick can unlock for us the grace of forgiveness. That is healing of the relationship, which is moribund or dead. In other words, when anything is lifeless in our life, when everything is, is tending towards death or kind of a serious unfruitfulness, we can do that. I've also anointed, just to give another example, I'm just giving kind of very varied answers here, and, um, couples who are having difficulty achieving pregnancy. They're trying to have a child, and they're, they're just not for both, you know, many various reasons aren't able to, not having difficulty conceiving. I've anointed folks, and guess what? <laughs> the Lord has blessed them with fruitfulness and life. And so, yeah, there's, there's more reasons to receive the anointing than simply being at the point of death. At the same time, it's not just as casual as, and not to be casual, but it's not just as universal as if you can, you know, come to church and bless yourself with holy water, everyone ought to receive it. There, there does have to be some sort of, of gravity, some kind of uh, loss or, or, or infirmity of mind, body, soul, spirit, a psyche that you're asking for the grace of healing there.
Uh, Yvonne, great question. Thanks for calling in again. Our phone number, if you would like to join the program and speak with Father Michael Hurley, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. As today, we're talking about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick here on The Inner Life. You can also email us, our email address, innerlife@relevantradio.com. We're going to take more of your phone calls and talk more about this sacrament coming up in just a moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters Studio Line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Thanks for joining us here for this hour of The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour today, Father Michael Hurley, a Dominican priest, the pastor of St. Dominic's Parish in San Francisco, talking about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick and taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father, let's go back to the phones. We've got Andrew, who is calling in from Maryland. Andrew, welcome to The Inner Life. You're on the air. Thanks. Hi, Father. Uh, question. Good morning, Andrew. My father passed very recently, uh, within the last couple of weeks, and mm. apostolic pardon was given. But I'm kind of going, uh, I don't know when the last time he went to confession is, and apparently the apostolic pardon is okay. Uh, supposedly, you get the apostolic pardon on your deathbed, close to it, straight to heaven kind of thing, but does it matter if he went to confession recently or not? Yeah, no, Andrew, that's an excellent question. First of all, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for your for your loss and and your dad, but I I'm glad that you mentioned the apostolic pardon because, uh, frankly, not every priest necessarily knows to do it if they're not necessarily used to doing anointing. So I always let folks know and I can do this in a public way. If you're with a loved one, a family member, or anyone, and the priest comes to anoint, you might just check in to say, "Oh, Father, can you give the apostolic?" pardon because it's not necessarily always given with the anointing of the sick, but it's particularly for those moments of, of nearness of death, of the occasion of death. And so I'm just delighted that, that your dad was able to get the apostolic pardon. Um, the, the apostolic pardon does give, in a sense, the fullness of the keys that Jesus gave for not only forgiveness of sin, but all temporal punishment due to sin. That is, all of that time in purgatory we might have to spend, but it's not magic. In other words, it presumes a proper disposition of the state of grace. Now, Thomas Aquinas says we, we, we can't even truly know for ourselves if we're fully in the state of grace, right? But we do the best we can in terms of, of, of trying to stay in that grace. As, as uh, uh, Teresa says, you know, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm not in that state of grace, Lord, bring me there. And if I am, praise the Lord, right? So we, don't, we not, can't even make a judgment of ourselves. We can't judge someone else. But what I would say is if the person would have the capacity 
to make a good confession, but it's limited by the, the fact that they're unconscious or they can't speak or they're in every way their their body is limiting their capacity to make that confession. It's the intention of the heart that the Lord is looking at and that that apostolic pardon is going to give them a precisely the grace that they would ask for if they were able to ask for it. Thanks for the call, Andrew. Good question. And uh, Father, as you're talking about that apostolic pardon that it's given when there is, you know, there's the possibility of nearness of death. Yes. One of the other things that I've heard from different priests is don't wait. Don't wait to ask for the anointing of the sick because... A lot of times people will think, oh, and and maybe that's something else we can talk about here too. You know, that when we're talking about the anointing of the sick, some people confuse this with someone receiving last rites. So maybe you could also explain the difference between those two. Yeah, no, very good. Yeah, so there's a a number of things close to my heart here, so I'm glad you you brought it up. So first of all, just to distinguish, uh, truly the extreme unction, the the last rites, have to do with giving... uh, the, the Eucharist, like viaticum, is the food for the journey. That's not always possible, certainly, uh, especially with modern medicine where, where folks aren't necessarily able to eat or take nourishment maybe at the, at the end of life. Having said that, though, the, uh, the, the, there can be a kind of hesitancy to call for a priest because folks are like, well, once the priest comes, that's kind of it. It's kind of like we're the spiritual kind of grim reaper for a certain, especially a certain generation that would be like, once you see the priest, you know, you've lost all hope of, of, of being cured. And my response to that would be certainly what you want is the graces there. So don't wait for the graces. There's nothing more kind of frustrating for a priest in the sense of when you get the call to come to the hospital, but the person's already deceased as you're on the way or because the family, you know, didn't wait because they were trying to like time it perfectly or something. I'm like, no, no, go ahead. <laughs> Please call. Call when they are admitted to the hospital. Call immediately because we want to get there to give those spiritual graces, but then also whatever the Lord has for for cure as well. I'll just make that distinction because I know it, it often comes up. There's a distinction between kind of cure and healing, that is physical restoration and salvation. And it's a very clear, just to give it just a really quick example, when Jesus heals the 10 lepers, uh, he cures them, he cleanses them. The word in scripture uses cleanse. So everyone's cleansed, everyone's cured, but only one famously comes back. And when Jesus approaches him, he says, weren't, weren't everyone cleansed? Why just the one come back? And he says, your faith has um, uh, saved you, healed you, made you whole. Sanus has, has in a sense, uh, healed you. So the sacrament of the sick is the inverse of that, whereas the 10 lepers, everyone was cleansed and cured, but only one was healed. In the sacrament of the sick, everyone is healed, and maybe one out of 10 are <laughs> cured and cleansed in that way. And so this is, yeah. this is that, that analogy for that. Uh, you know, it also might be good to clarify here, too, as we're talking about receiving the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. While in that, especially if, you know, old age is not at play here, we might be mm-hmm. praying for a miracle. We might be asking for that healing, just like those, those lepers were, you know, yeah. asking Jesus. At the same time, we're by no means suggesting that anyone should not seek out regular medical care or treatment oh, absolutely. for whatever they're dealing with in an illness. You know, that that is, uh, you know, it shouldn't be that we, we put off that medical care and only pray for a miracle. 
the Lord loves for other people to get involved. And so he's given us insight into the body, into medicine, precisely so he can work through that. Absolutely. Again, our phone number here, 888-914-9149. Father, let's uh, go to Diane calling in from California. Diane, welcome to The Inner Life. Yes, hi, good morning. Good morning. I had the sacrament of the sick the day before I had to go into surgery to have my breast removed from cancer. Mm. And they were pushing for me to get chemo. So mm-hmm. I went the day before to my priest, Father David, here in San Bernardino. And when I went to get the sacrament of the sick from him, he was exposing the blessed sacrament. So the blessed sacrament was on the altar. When mm. I walked up to him, he was wearing his white um, I don't know, coverings. Yeah, that's yes. And he was glowing. I just saw the <laughs> glow coming from him. And so he gave me the sacrament of the sick. And the next day when I went to surgery, everything went well. Um, and then lo and behold, they were pushing chemo and I didn't need chemo after all. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> that's my miracle. That's Amen, my miracle. Diane. And I was arguing with the doctor. Yeah. And, and so I'm now three years. Um, they told me I'm cancer-free and considered healed. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's such <laughs> great news. I, I'm glad you called in to share that, Diane. Um, you know, I mean, that that is ultimately what <laughs> we all would hope for in yeah. that sacrament, Father. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 let's let's talk about, you know, if... I'm someone who has received the sacrament, sacrament myself, or yeah. maybe I have a loved one who receives the anointing of the sick. We're hoping for that miracle. We're praying for that miracle, that yeah. healing to come along, but yeah. it doesn't. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think there could be a lot of questions that come out of that. It could be, you know, is God listening? Did mm-hmm. I do something wrong? Did the priest yeah. not do this? You know, the, the did he not pray the sacrament correctly? Did he not use the oil correctly? Yeah. How do we look at those moments where we've received that anointing, and God, for whatever reason, says no, healing you isn't in my plan for you? Yeah. Now this is the great mystery of suffering, right? That that why the larger question is why doesn't God take away or eliminate suffering and death? And the short answer to that is. We don't know. <laughs> we just have to bow before the mystery of the Lord. What we do know is that God has not taken it away, eliminated suffering and death, but made it the means by which we connect with him. In other words, in our suffering, we are united with the power of love and the salvation, the recreation of the world. And that death is that moment when we come into the fullness of why we were created. Just to give another little story, I was recently with someone and they asked me, they said, Father, is it okay if I want to die? And I said, oh, you know, tell me more about that. I said, are you just, you know, in such pain and suffering that you're just trying to run from it? And they said, you know what, there is quite a bit of of pain in in it, but really I'm I'm just ready to, to, to see God. You know, this person was, you know, over 100 years old that said, I'm just ready to see the Lord. And I'm like, that is healthy, <laughs> right? That is, he's ready. You're just ready to see the Lord. And that anointing, the healing there is just to dispose mind and body to just that powerful moment that we're all going to face, whether we live, I said, to four or 400, for one year or 100 years. The most important moment of our life is to that moment when we pass from this world to the next and we see our Lord and Savior, it's going to define our existence for eternity, for better or for worse. And the grace of this particular sacrament gives us the strength, the healing, 
the wholeness, the insight, the clarity to be able to open our hearts. That apostolic pardon, the formula says this, through the holy mysteries of our redemption, may God release you from all punishment in this life and in the life to come. May he open to you the gates of paradise. May he welcome you to everlasting joy. And I always, when I pray that apostolic pardon, I imagine, you know, the Lord with big arms that were on the cross now embracing that person. And that's what that particular sacrament, this particular grace of the sacrament is. Cure, absolutely, but in the face of non-cure, always healing, always wholeness, always preparing us for that moment which it enti- with decides everything. Uh, you know, as you're talking about that person you were speaking with, too, it would be wonderful if we all could get to the point where we yeah. echo kind of the words of St. Paul himself, where he says, yeah. for me, to live is Christ. Yes. I'm following the mission that he has for me, but to die is gain, recognizing that he's he he is longing for, he is waiting for, yeah. he's hoping for that time where Jesus says, you've done the work that I've asked you to do in this life, and welcome home. Uh, you know, the other thing that I guess I'm curious about in your experience, Father, as we're down to our last couple minutes here, for people that have received the anointing of the sick, people you've anointed, have you yeah. seen in that suffering, has that given them maybe a greater capacity to be able to unite that suffering, to offer it up in what we call redemptive suffering for, um, not just for themselves, but for the people they love as they might be looking to sometime soon exit this life? Absolutely. What I often tell, if people are in the right disposition, this is not something you necessarily do with every anointing, but in the right occasion with the right disposition, what I'll let folks know is that in this moment, their prayers for others are powerful in a unique way. And so I would say to offer up whatever you're suffering for a particular intention. And I have seen, and I nonetheless, folks who have suddenly been given a sense of purpose, meaning of their suffering. And I've seen the blessing that they've been to a particular, I'm thinking particularly of a relationship that was wounded within a family and the person who was dying prayed for a healing in that relationship and it happened. It happened. And so I often will tell the tell folks that when I anoint them and we're in this conversation, I'll say, okay, I'm going to give you the, you know, the grace of anointing. This is what the Lord has given me the privilege of doing. But I want you <laughs> to say a prayer for me in this condition because your prayers for me are the most powerful prayers that can be made. And I, I, want, I'm, I want to bestow the blessing of God on you, but I want a little bit of a kickback too. Pray for me <laughs> too in that yeah. way. So those are such rich powerful prayers that can be made with precisely when we suffer and the anointing gives us God's grace to pray as he did on the cross and to be an instrument of God's saving love and fruitfulness in the world. Father Michael Hurley, thank you so much for being here with us for the hour. Apologies to those of you on the phone. We weren't able to get to your call, but Father, we've got about 30 seconds. Could I ask you to offer a blessing for our listeners? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his countenance towards you and give you peace of mind and heart and joy of spirit in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks again, Father. And have a happy Thanksgiving. I I probably won't talk to you until after that. (laughs) Enjoy the holiday. You too. We'll talk soon. Thank you again for being a part of the, the inner life, for listening. Stay with us. We've got Mass coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.